Welcome back to the Art of Charm podcast, a show designed to help you communicate with power and become unstoppable on your path from hidden genius to influential leader. Now, we know you have what it takes to reach your full potential, and each and every week, we share with you interviews and strategies to help you transform your life by helping you unlock your X Factor. So whether you're in sales, leadership, medicine, building client relationships, or even looking for love, we got what you need. You shouldn't have to settle for anything less than extraordinary. I'm AJ. And I'm Johnny. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Let's kick off today's show. Today, we have with us Dr. Johannes Mallow. He is a two-time world memory champion. In fact, in 2012, he set a world record by remembering 504 digits in five minutes. He can memorize an entire deck of poker cards in just 20 seconds. Now, before he started professional memory sports, he worked as a researcher and an engineer at the University of Magdeburg. He finished his PhD thesis on the topic of magnetic resonance imaging and published a study on the topic of memory improvement in 2015. Johannes is living with muscular dystrophy, which has had a deep impact on his physical, but also on his mental health when the disease broke through at the age of 14. It was his discovery of memory sports that got him out of severe and long depression. He is also a protagonist in the documentary Memory Games, which aired in theaters in 2018 and is now available on Amazon Prime and Netflix. These days, he helps people to master situations which require a good memory, such as presentations, job interviews, and even in social events, when it becomes important to remember names and facts. Welcome to the show, Johannes. So great to have you. Thank you very much for inviting me and nice to be here and uh, looking forward to that. It's not often on the show that we have a memory world champion, and I'm sure many in our audience are not even aware of memory sports. So how did you start your journey to becoming a memory athlete in competing in memory sports? Yeah, I started when I was 22 and I watched a TV show. There was a celebrity on that show uh, who was coached by a memory coach. And she is known to be a bit dumb, so she's not, but her image is like that. And uh, she did it. She she managed to memorize 20 words. And I was like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. And then I did research in the internet and I found about, about, about memory sports. And then somehow I got addicted to that because at this point, at this point I had a hard time um, competing against others because of my physical condition. And that gave me something back and I was starting... Yeah, starting to compete in 2004, one year after that event. And uh, it really pushed me and motivated to become better and better each day. And that was so cool. I think what's really fascinating about it is not only are you competing against others, but you're competing against yourself. A lot of these memory sports involve timing and you having to memorize something over and over again in your training to try to shave off time to become faster and faster at the memorization. What was it like going into that first memory sports competition for you or actually competing against others and not only yourself? Yeah, that was a very exciting moment because first time you're not sitting at your nice comfortable desk, but you're sitting with others in a room. It was not very big, like eight people, <laughs> but it's not, uh, it's not football, it's memory sports. And, uh, but it was very exciting. And now it's like, you have to show now, it feels like now you have to show that you can do it. And you to overcome that, that was very important. But at my first competition, to be honest, I was very nervous 
I ended up in the third place in the end, which gave me some confidence. At this point, for the first time, I knew, okay, I'm quite good at that because being at home, you feel, okay, I can memorize a deck of cards in five minutes or 10 minutes or four minutes, but how good is that? And being in a competition gave me some context here. And yeah, it was really a nice experience. And I think I will never forget that one. The trophy, I don't, I think you can see it. Yeah, it's a small one. There's this trophy in the background. This is from my first competition. One of these trophies over there, yeah. <laughs> well, for those who are listening, there's many trophies in the background because he's won a lot of competitions. And for those in our audience who aren't familiar with memory sports, there are different types of competition, different types of sports to compete in when it comes to memory. What are some that you compete in and, and what does the lay of the land look like in memory sports? So memory sports um, in general, the classical tournament format is like you have 10 disciplines and it's like a big test in an exam, for example. So you're sitting with all the other people, you have your own desk and all the others in the champion world championship, like 120 people uh, sitting there and then just getting a sheet of paper. We're still working on paper. And uh, then they memorize, everyone memorizes in, let's say, one hour as much as they can. Then they hand in the sheet of paper, then they get a recall sheet and they have to write it down. And yeah, that's basically what is, I would say for the audience, um, maybe a boring competition, but for us, it's, it's quite vivid because we are doing so much stuff in our brains. And then there is another competition. It's more head to head. There's a one minute competition. You have to compete against your opponent, memorizing 80 digits as fast as you can. And the other one is trying the same and the faster one wins. So 80 digits. Today, actually, I did my personal record in memorizing 80 digits. Uh, what do you think? What is my personal record for 80 digits at the 80 digit number? I'm guessing it's in seconds, pro probably 25 seconds. Yeah, I don't think you can win anything with 25 seconds today, <laughs> but uh, it was a nice score still. Um, but today I did 13.46 seconds for 80 digits. Perfectly correct. And yeah, that's uh, quite fast and exciting also for the audience to watch that. I love that it's to the hundredths of seconds to give you an idea of how competitive you are. It must be like 100 meters running, right? So that's also like trying to beat the 10 seconds and it's uh, quite similar to that. Now, you've also studied the science of memory and building memory. And how does the science play a role in memory sports? And how are you utilizing the science and understanding of how the brain works to get that competitive advantage? I did my PhD in the, in the area of MRI. And I was also doing a study about these memory techniques. And yeah, what I found out is widely known already that if you use your memory different in, in a way, like you create images, you have emotions. So you would always remember an emotional event over an just boring event, maybe, or maybe it's that boring that you got emotional about it. Then it's again, very interesting to remember. So what I've found out or what science knows for years already is that you uh, um, that the brain is really good in memorizing images, visual images. Also, emotions are very, very good to memorize or to recall. So what I do is I create stories which are emotional, which are visual, and which are fun, because that's the thing what uh, brains remember in the end. So that's what we actually hold on to. So if we can evoke some emotion in others, they might actually hold on to a memory of us and we'll stand out and become more magnetic. 
I think all of us have had moments where a certain smell will unlock memories and emotions that are tied to us from being a child. And all, all of a sudden, that those memories and those emotions are so visceral, vivid, they'll take over. And it's almost as if we are time traveling because we are back in grandma's kitchen smelling the, the cookies being baked. To be able to use that on call or at least use what's underneath the tip of the iceberg in our daily lives to enhance our lives is certainly a key. And perhaps a little bit later in this, we can discuss some ways that people can practice stuff, this stuff and use it in their everyday lives. Imagine yourself walking down the street, you got a smell in your nose and you're suddenly uh, time traveling. Yeah, that's the right description. I like that. And it happens to all of us. And This defines our personality today because everything what happened to us in the past defines what who we are today. These are short glimpses into the past with just a smell, just a tone, just a, a song in the radio or something. And for you and your journey to becoming world champion in memory sports, let's talk a little bit about what the practice leading up to these competitions is like and, and how grueling that training is. I mean, to go from 10 minutes to seconds to memorize an entire deck of cards, I'm sure there's a lot of practice that goes into that, that many of us mere amateurs or mortals are not engaging in. The first important thing is you have to believe that it works. Because if you just think, okay, I try that, but I don't think it works, it will not work. It's really something you have to believe these techniques work and then go for it and try it. Give it a chance. And what I did was I was really sitting down each and every day for two or three hours in the beginning and just did my regular memory workout. Like you would go to the park or jogging and running. I would sit down on a nice uh, sunny Sunday afternoon and memorize a list of 1000 digits. Uh, I mean, it's always a bit difficult to sit there and do that, but you need to force yourself to do it because only with practice and regular practice and discipline You can improve here. So I was sitting there for like a year or two in the beginning, every day for one or two, two or three hours. And that improved me in the beginning here. So in a situation where maybe a client of yours or you in particular want to go to a party and actually remember everyone's name. So we talk a lot about this on the show. Your name is magical to you. And if someone remembers it, it really makes you feel good and it makes you stand out. But many of us, as we talked about earlier in conversation, maybe we haven't fully caught the name, or if we did, we weren't really focused on memorizing it. So what are the simple strategies that our listeners can use if they're going into a situation where they really want to retain people's names? Yeah, the first thing is enable your name's focus. That's the first thing you have to do. So you're going to a party and you think, okay, today I want to memorize, or I just want to remember some names. If you do that, you are more aware of the situation already. You don't need anything else in the beginning. And then a simple strategy is using that name. Hi, Johnny, nice to meet you. Hi, AJ, nice sunglasses or whatever. And uh, using that name at the in the first place already helps your memory to recall it later. If you didn't understand the name correctly, then you just don't be shy. Ask again, just ask. So sorry, I didn't get it. Please, uh, can you repeat your name? I mean, that's not nothing bad. Everyone knows this feeling of forgetting names. So if you 
just ask that shows your interest and that creates interest in the other, in your counterpart. So asking, using it and uh, making yourself aware. I want to memorize some names today is all the basic stuff you already, you need. That's a really, really good start already. Now, practicing your memory and working to get to a place where you can actually compete is one thing. But as we know, when it comes to giving presentations or a job interview or going into memory sports competition, there's a lot of tension and pressure that builds up in that moment when we're competing against others or we actually are on stage or in the spotlight. What do you do to prepare yourself mentally outside of the training environment to actually compete at a high level against other competitors at these memory sports? Basically, it's like um, trying to put myself in the same state as I am in the training mode. So when I'm sitting at home at my desk, everything is very comfortable here and I'm just doing my thing here. And then when I'm in the competition, I try to imagine, I close my eyes and do a little meditation, just breathe in, breathe out, and then try to imagine myself being in that calm, nice, comfortable environment, just hearing the bird singing outside, which is always singing here, and just trying to bring myself back into that place. And that's already enough for me to decrease my heart rate, to be more aware that everything is fine. It's just a competition. It's not the end of the world. But of course, sometimes you have situations like an important job interview or something. In that case, I think it's the same story or the same strategy might work here. Just try to relax, calm down and say to yourself, I can do that. I have all the skills I need. I have them and that's it. And if you, for me in these memory techniques is one very important thing about my own confidence, because I know if I'm in, a, in an important interview or a situation, maybe a negotiation, just, I just memorized 10 keywords, which I really want to mention in that negotiation. And then I know that it works. I can rely on it. And I feel much better then. And that I don't need a notes or sheet of paper. I just go through my memory palace in that case. And this is a strategy and just, yeah, name the specific keywords. So relying on it and bringing myself back to the comfortable situation that helps. Stop. Tired of inconsistent results? Are you dating who you want to be dating? Are you where you want to be in your career? Do you have a proper roadmap to get you where you want to go? If you're tired of wasting time and tired of seeing other people effortlessly build their dream lives while you work twice as hard with fewer results to show for it, perhaps it's time to get the guidance, the skills, and the accountability that you need to reach that next level. In our X Factor Accelerator, you'll develop the tools to communicate powerfully, cultivate unstoppable confidence, and be held accountable by a community of high-value members, mentors, and coaches. Now, this is no ordinary community or group. Each and every member has been hand-selected and vetted to make sure your experience is a prosperous one. That's right, AJ. Our members are driven, knowledgeable, and dedicated to advancing their lives and the lives of the community. They are CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, servicemen. So come join the fun. If implementing concepts from this show has enhanced your life, imagine what a year-long mentorship in the X Factor Accelerator with me and Johnny could do for you. 
unlock your own X Factor and become extraordinary. You can apply today at unlockyourxfactor.com. That's right. Pause this podcast and apply today. Unlockyourxfactor.com. I know for myself, I've been in situations where there's so much tension and pressure that I feel like my mind actually goes blank and I can't recall anything. Has that happened to you? And what do you do in those moments where even if you're training and trying to get to that state may not have worked, and now everything is blank? That happens to everyone. And that might have happened to everyone already. Even happened to me. And yeah, I mean, this is a strange strategy. You try to be aware of that. Okay, now I have a blackout. Everything is blank. and But it's not the truth. This is just because I'm nervous, because I, there's so much tension. And it's really like, what I, yeah, what I do is I try to put myself back into a comfortable situation in my mind, just closing my eyes, breathe in, breathe out. And I mean, it sounds very simil- uh, simple, but it is really a matter of training. If it, you do that very often and in many tension uh, situations where there's a lot of tension, you get better th- at this. And maybe in the beginning it doesn't work, but Second time, it works a bit better and then a bit better. And I mean, in the end, just be honest with your counterpart. Just say, okay, sorry, I just have a blackout here. I'm very sorry about that. Can you give me five minutes and a bottle of water? I mean, since everyone has been in this situation, maybe then almost everyone would be that kind and say, okay, come down. Everything's fine. Just relax. And then you might feel better. So Being honest in that situation is also, yeah, maybe a simple tip here, but I think that works also pretty well. Well, you brought up a great point that you can't really work through that until you've put yourself in those situations before. And understanding that it's going to happen to the best of us. There's going to be those moments where we do have too much tension and pressure and we maybe draw a blank or anxiety overwhelms us. The best way to actually work through that is to find other ways to put yourself in that tension and pressure outside of the competition so you work on managing those moments when it doesn't count so that that practice can come into play when it does count. And I think that's a big strategy that we have in coaching our clients in Unstoppable and building their confidence, understanding that this is completely normal. Even a world champion in memory sports has drawn a blank is enough consolation for you to know, okay, so this is normal. So what can I do to prepare myself in these situations that I may encounter later? And I know for all of us, memory, as we were talking about earlier, is is such an important part of our lives. We think about getting older and losing these memories that we hold near and dear. And in talking to Michael, he said you have some simple daily strategies and trainings we can use, even if we're not necessarily entering memory sports competitions, to strengthen that. And I I love viewing it like a muscle because many of us aren't really thinking about it in that way. We just hope that as a strategy, we'll hold on to these memories. So what are some things our listeners can do on a daily basis to continue to strengthen their memory so they can recall these presentations, these job interview preps, or even names when they're meeting new people? Yeah, you're right. It's, It's almost like training a muscle. Luckily for me, it's not like training a muscle because my muscles doesn't work, don't work anymore. So it's always people tell me, yeah, it's like a muscle. Yeah, somehow. But of course you can rephrase it like that. The most important part is doing a regular thing out of it. So it's like brushing your teeth. So let's say you just brush your teeth 
for two hours once a month. Uh, that doesn't make any sense, I would say. So to do it every day, every day, that's uh, the first thing. And then just start small. You don't have to memorize 50 words or a deck of cards. Just start small and do little exercises, five minutes, 10 minutes. It's already enough. Just do it regularly. And then maybe you write down a list of, let's say, 10 words, and you just try to create a nice little story out of it. Just try to be creative, create a nice fantasy story, and try to recall them. And if you do that every day, you will see you become better, you become faster, and then you go up to 15 words, for example. So it's really a matter of doing it on a regular basis and just get it started. And many people, even in my coaching, say, I don't have the time. I cannot find the time for that. But five minutes, if you cannot five, find five minutes, then you should really think about your schedule. And what I say is, okay, let's let's go through your day. What do you do after um, getting up? Maybe having a cup of uh, coffee and then what do you do then? Yeah, I watch uh, a YouTube video for 10 minutes. Okay, maybe you can do something else here. So you can find during the day, after lunch, in the evening, before going to bed, five minutes and every day. And then you will have nice success very soon. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., 
and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. It's something that I think many of us are not realizing that it can be trained, number one, and number two, it doesn't take that much effort to work to become better at utilizing your memory. Now, being in memory sports, I'm assuming that as these world records are set, there's new strategies that come out and even new science that helps you in, in building that ability, that strength to compete at a high level in memory sports. What are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions that we have as mortals around developing your memory and competing in memory sports? Mm, I think the most important part is that everyone can use these strategies. Even if you don't, if you think you have a bad memory, you might not have the capability to become a world champion, but you have the capability to break your own records by far. And it's really about trying it. And I mean, AJ, if you want, we can also make uh, an exercise here um, about that because it's, yes. it's really, let's do it. You really should, you really have to try it. Before we get to the exercise, which I'm very excited about. There has been some loose science pointing that for musicians and the memorization of patterns and music helps with, as you get older, to hold your memory together. And as we know, use it or lose it. Have you seen any of the science supporting any of that with the muscle memory games or the work that people are doing here? It's not just about music. It's about everything you do with your brain. If you if you are getting older, maybe you go for retirement. If you just sit in front of your TV, then you will lose it, right? But uh, if you do something each day, and if it's just reading a book or doing like uh, crossword puzzles every day or just um, trying something new, that's what you need. You need to try something new. And if it's just like walking another way through the supermarket, it pushes your brain. It gives you some new insight. And that's what you need. You need to be active. You need to push yourself, not by being very, very pushy here, but just do something new. Doing something new every and each day helps your brain to be fresh and young. And it's about music. It's about sports activity, new sports activity. It's about conversation, about meeting people, about playing cards. Uh, yeah, a lot of possibilities, but do something. I think some of the most astonishing things that I've seen that have to do with memory is certainly the the videos on YouTube. There'll be somebody who's sitting in an old folks home who has been sitting in dementia or have lost their memory a while ago. And they'll they'll put headphones on them of music that was maybe they had danced to it as a child or or had a, a choreography routine that was burned into their mind. And all of a sudden they come to life. They they begin moving in ways 
that the music and the, those memories have unlocked. And I, I just find that fascinating. And there's also an incredible, but yet at the same time, horrific record made. And, just, and I'm not, if you ever heard of it, the project is called Caretaker. And this, the record is a six hour record of what this person feels and thinks that memory loss would be like. And as the record progresses, it's basically it's one song. And as the record progresses, it kind of degrades. And by the end of the six hours, you hear the last notes being played and it puts you in such an, at least for myself, it would put myself in such an emotional state because the important memories to me and how much they make me feel. And then to put myself into the situation where I'm now observing somebody losing their memory as this record does was so sad. But yet the, the song and the emotions it brought out in the beginning of it allowed you to, to understand the joy that this person gets from hearing this music. And so as the six hours goes on and that song slowly degrades and starts to slip away, you can't help but become upset and, and scared for this person who's losing their last memories. And for anyone who's interested in experiencing that, it's the, the, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Caretaker, and the album is mm -hmm. called Everywhere at the End of Time. It's it's a fascinating look, and 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 as an art project, it's 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 fascinating. It's sad. It's beautiful all, all at the same time. Yeah. So Caretaker, I have to memorize it now to uh, look it up on YouTube later. Well, I think that touches on a great point that many of us are reliant on technology or smartphones to be that extra memory bank for us and augment our intelligence. And I find myself that, you know, growing up before a smartphone, I would have to memorize locations and routes to get places, but now I don't need to rely on my memory as much to drive, to get around, to go where I need to go. Can you touch on why you think memory is so important when many of us right now feel like we're We're relying on it less and less. Yeah, that's a major point for me and my coachings. And because people ask me why I should memorize anything, I can use it my smartphone and have everything in my pocket, my pocket brain. And yeah, it's true somehow. I also use my smartphone. I also have all the numbers in there and contacts. And it's okay. Of course, you can do that. But when it comes to a point when you stop Yeah, making a conversation about a specific topic, but instead of talking about something, you just look it up in the internet, then the whole conversation just breaks down. That's one point. And the other point is that when you just looking everything up, never memorizing anything, how can you ever put something in perspective? How can you put it in the right context? I mean, if you have no knowledge around a specific point, in your own memory, it's quite hard. And in times of fake news, it's like if people would memorize more, have more in their general knowledge, then they would have been, uh, they would be more able to put that in context. And that's an important point here, I think. So having a good memory means to connect different topics, uh, being able to make new connections. And it's not just about memorizing a, a bank account number or something. It's, it's really about making connections, being creative, putting things in context and perspective. 
And yeah, I don't know where that goes in, in 20 years. I'm still using my uh, navigation system in my car, my GPS. My girlfriend is always uh, like, uh, she is always like wanna using it. And I say, no, I, I today I want to do it without. So I memorize the map and then I drive. And she's always like, it's never the right place. And I wait for it, wait for it. And then I'm, okay, sometimes I'm just driving around and I'm not sure about where I am. But at some point I find out, okay, the sun is over there. That must be south. And then I most of the time find the right place. And it's, uh, it's so, it feels so good if you can do that in the end, isn't it? So because you're relying on GPS and then standing somewhere, I don't know if I would ever feel happy about that. So, yeah. Yeah, we're conditioning ourselves and how we want to use our brain. And if our brain isn't going to be used to store anything because we're going to be storing it in our phone, then our brain is not going to get the exercise that it needs to be able to do these things. And it's it's mind-blowing to me when we're seeing it more and more. Now, we talked about an exercise, and I'd love to give our audience an exercise that'd be fun for them to start working on their memory now that we know it's something we can train and improve no matter where we are in terms of we how we view our memory. Yeah, sure. Let's let's start with that. So what I want to teach you here, just a short glimpse into that, is the memory palace, because that's the most powerful method. It's already 2,000 years old. So the old ancient Greeks used that to give speeches. And uh, it sounds a bit wild to use techniques which are 2,000 years old, but they work pretty well. So let's uh, dive into it. So what we first need is a memory palace. And a memory palace is a sequence of locations, for example, through your apartment. So um, let's imagine yourself in front of your apartment, AJ. So you're standing in front of the front door, and that's the first location is your door, okay? And then you go inside, and look to the right. What is there? What is uh, next to the door? What is it, AJ? It's a guest bathroom. The guest bathroom. Okay. So let's take the guest bathroom. So that's location number two. So if you pass by, what is next? The dining room. The whole dining room. But let's say you don't use the whole room, but enter the room. And what is next to the door? Is it a table or a board or what is it? Yeah, there's a bench. The bench. Okay. So we have door, we have bathroom, we have bench. What comes next? Then it would be the full dining room table. The dining room table is number four. Okay. Let's do seven. What comes next? Okay. Then there's the kitchen island. Okay. Number five. Number six. There would be the sofa. Okay. And number seven. The television. Okay. So everyone knows right now how it looks in your apartment. Nice. So please recall the first seven. So door, bathroom, bench, table, island, couch, TV. Perfect. Easy. So that's your memory palace right now. And that's the tool we use to memorize a shopping list right now. Just easy one. Um, so you would tie each item to yes. each specific place. And, and Johnny, what do you want to buy? It's your shopping list. Okay. First one. First item. Uh-oh. Steak. Steak. Okay. And what you do now is you connect it to the door. So you imagine yourself in front of your front door, you're opening the door and it's smelling like nice steak and, or the door is made of steak, something like that. But the important thing is you have to see it in your mind and smell it in your mind and you have to trust the method. So don't go back and back and back, but just go with the story. Okay. Second item. Hot sauce. 
Okay. You're German. I don't know if you have hot sauce over there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> how do you memorize it in your bathroom, AJ? How do you imagine that? I'm picturing it next to the, the sink and the soap to wash my hands. <laughs> next item, Johnny. Sparkling water. Sparkling water on the bench. So what do you imagine? I would say it's like there's some fountain out of the bench. It's like sparkling water. You're coming home and you're so happy about your fountain. So you get a nice drink here from the water fountain, uh, the sparkling water fountain here. Okay, number four, Johnny. Eggs. Eggs, okay. The um, um, location number four was a table, right? Correct. So what's your story? I'm picturing a chicken walking around the table laying eggs. Now we are getting close to it. So you're making creative and uh, like not the normal realistic story. And yeah, maybe you smash the eggs on the table. Everything is over the place. And yeah, it's, it's <laughs> maybe two days old. It smells quite mm, okay. And uh, what's number five? Item number five. Candles. Candles. AJ. So my kitchen island is on fire, covered okay. in, in wax. Because of candles, so you didn't, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I had Number to light candles because of Johnny's cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two to go. Johnny, what's the next item? Apples. Apples. AJ. Okay. I'm picturing my dog Puppers sitting next to a bushel of apples on the, the couch that he's trying to eat because he loves apples. Okay, so we have the dog there. Nice. And last item, Johnny. Bananas. Bananas. Television. So I'm, I'm picturing the, uh, the woman from Chiquita Banana Ooh. on the TV juggling bananas. Let's see if you memorize them correctly. So what are the items? Steak, hot sauce, sparkling water, eggs, candles, apples, bananas. Perfect. Easy. And you could also do that backwards. It's now a big deal about that because you just go backwards through your memory palace. And that technique just doesn't work for seven, but it also works for 20 or 40 or even 100. Wow. That's actually my grocery list. Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting he us know here. He doesn't need to memorize it, but now I sadly have Johnny's grocery list memorized. <laughs> Simple, so he man. can call Simple you then pleasures. Simple that. pleasures. Yeah, so next week when I visit you, Johnny, before the boot camp, <laughs> I, I have your shopping list memorized. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and the cool thing is you will be able to recall it even tomorrow because it's connected now to the locations. And uh, it's, it's really about that connection, making a story, create a connection, and then uh, you will be able to memorize even more. And so what I start or what I would um, suggest to start with, create a memory palace through your apartment, write down 10 words, 20 words, and connect them to the locations. And you will see, works pretty well. It's like a secret uh, notebook. Um, there's one or like secret cheating papers for school kids. So you're just walking through their room in their mind uh, during the class test and there is everything. So, yeah. Is this because I already have my home memorized because I live in it. It's something that is visually cued in my mind. I could walk through it blindfolded in the middle of the night, no lights on and know exactly where I am. That's what I'm using to link my existing memory to something that I need to memorize in the future. Exactly. So this memory palace is your tool, which you already have. And then you connect it to other items. You have seven locations now. 
and I have about 2,000 locations in different places in the world. I'm not living in a palace, so no worries. It's just uh, 30 in my apartment. But uh, there is the apartment of my mother. There is the shopping mall. There is the park. There is the hotel in Las Vegas, for example, which I visited once. I'm still walking through these locations, using them when I try to memorize stuff. Also nice memories. So you are always there walking through former buildings. So we can use this not only for a shopping list, but if we have a big presentation coming up where we have key points that we want to get across, or even a job interview where we've prepped our answers and we want to be able to mention those key words when we're responding. Yeah, right. So in that case, you would, I mean, what, you, what do you do when you're giving a speech? You're uh, writing down keywords, don't you? So you're just writing down 10 keywords and with each keyword, you know what you want to talk about. And now what you do is just connect each keyword to each location. And then you're in the front of your audience and just walk through your locations in your mind. Or even if you are in a conversation and let's say your counterpart is talking for 10 minutes and you think, okay, I want to um, answer to that point, to that point, and to that point. You could interrupt that person, but of course you try to don't do that. So memorize these points while he or she is talking. And then when he or she is finished with that, you just say, okay, point number one, I want to talk about, I want to answer to that. Point number two was that. Point number three was that. You don't know how impressive that is to that person. You just win that argument because you memorize everything. You don't need anything more. Um, but that's really something what is really helpful also for my clients because that's a social skill. And if you have that skill, being able to answer to all these points or talk about all these points without asking again, what was it? What were you talking about? Uh, if you get to that level, you're really on the next step here, on the next level. And that leads to confidence, right? You're not second guessing yourself or facing doubt. So working on your memory actually increases your confidence when you're going into a presentation or a job interview or even socially and you're meeting people for the first time. I can't tell you how many times where I spent time focusing on just remembering names and coming back later at an event, two, three-day event, and remembering that person's name after meeting hundreds of people throughout the weekend, how impactful that was and really sets you apart in a networking situation. Yeah, or even for teachers. Imagine you're a teacher, you're standing in front of your new class and you have 20 kids in front of you. Imagine you can memorize all these names on sport in the first two or three minutes. How powerful is, it to, is that? Johnny, Please be quiet right now. So it's it's way better than uh, what was your name again? Please be quiet. Doesn't make any sense, it does it? So it's a real cool social skill, not just names, but also facts about someone. So let's say you're going on a date and you have a long conversation and yeah, just being aware of that your um, your date says, okay, next week I have a bad, uh, bad uh, appointment with, with my dentist. I'm not sure why I'm talking about the dentist again. Anyway, so and then uh, then you say uh, next week you send her a message and say, okay, what? How was your dentist appointment? Everything okay? That's so powerful. Just remembering that and being aware of that. So um, why not using it? It's it's you you paying attention to your to the other one and you're getting something back. So it's really giving and taking. And yeah, it's so powerful to have a good memory and a good confidence about your memory. Now, we love asking every guest what their X factor is, what it is that makes you extraordinary. I have a feeling that we might know what your answer is. 
But what do you think has helped you become an extraordinary memory champion? It's a mixture. I mean, this is my, my whole story about overcoming uh, depression and going to, at some point I have to decide I have to use a wheelchair. I didn't want to use it, but to become the world champion, I have to go to a world championship. And without a wheelchair, I wasn't able to walk anymore really good. It was just falling down the floor and I had to make the decision. And uh, this point in my life, when I was crying and I was depressed, and I was like, I want to be a world champion and I have to do everything in my power to do that. And it's not just about training. It's about doing more than that, doing the right, making the right decision. And I think that was a crucial point. And that it is the moment when everything changed for me, not, not on sport, but over time and making the decision and finding out what is necessary to achieve your goals. Sometimes it's not what you think of. It's not just training. It's even more. It's maybe ending a bad relationship or it's maybe about uh, overcoming a depression or getting a wheelchair or whatever. And that was my key point here. And now, yeah, of course, my X factor is I have a really good memory if I want to have. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can our audience find out more about you and the training that you offer your clients? Yeah, just visit my website. It's just my name, Johannes. And then there's a minus or a hyphen. I think you say hyphen. Uh, Mellow.com and uh, Johannes minus Mellow.com or Memory Sports TV on YouTube. Both are quite nice sources. So it would be nice to hear from you. And thank you very much for letting me be on the show here. Hope you will remember the items for Johnny next week. I already remember. And I'm going backwards now. Steak and eggs and hot sauce. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, I don't think I'm ever going to forget your shopping list now. <laughs> well, that's good because you're supposed to be meeting me here next week for a boot camp here in Las Vegas, and I'm going to need all of those items. And I got to say, I love interviews like this because we're experiencing a new world that we didn't know was there, but also with something so important and something that identifies who we are as people, our memory. It's so practical. We use it constantly. All the time. You have to memorize your answers for a job interview. You have to memorize your presentation or just memorize the names of people you're meeting if you actually want to stand out. And that's why I love the Memory Palace. And I'm going to be working on my memory each and every day this week. AJ, I'm glad you're going to be working on that Memory Palace because it's certainly going to make my life easier and not to mention Amy's. <laughs> and puppers, I gotta tell you. All right, this week's shout out goes to Lucas, who on Instagram goes by wish you were clear underscore. Hey guys, the advice on small talk question answer statement made a huge difference. It's incredible how can somebody who considers himself smart would only have this dawn on them at the age of 29, only when it's nearly spelled out to them. And that is after reading maybe a half a dozen books on the subject because I'm naturally interested in it. So being a newcomer to the U.S., I've been having trouble establishing a group of friends and dating. So I think this is going to help tremendously. Thank you guys so much. AJ, this is one of the things that we discuss in our X Factor Accelerator. We have implementation sessions on small talk, on the question answer statement. And it does make a huge difference. Learning that simple trick changed my life. 
Let's be honest. If you're in our audience, you're in a ton of high stakes situations. And it's not easy to practice these skills and concepts from the show when it really matters. So we created the X Factor Accelerator to give you that opportunity, not only to practice with amazing members, but get that feedback so you can amplify and supercharge those results, not have to wait and hope as a strategy to succeed. With our 15 years plus of experience coaching clients just like yourself to these tremendous results, we make small talk effortless, connecting easier, and of course, set you up with the right mindsets to succeed. If you think you're ready to join our X Factor Accelerator, head on over to unlockyourxfactor.com and I would love to personally talk to you, potentially inviting you into that group. That's right, unlockyourxfactor.com to apply today. Now, before we go, one quick favor. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate this show. It helps us bring on amazing guests like memory champions and body language experts like last week's episode with Joe Navarro, and we really appreciate the kind words of encouragement. Before we go, we want to let everyone know the show is produced by Michael Harold and Eric Montgomery here on our team. We absolutely love both of them. Go out there and have an epic week. See you guys. Yeah, I remember you. You were the bad boy. You do.